Hello, and welcome back to the Platform Podcast. We help student-athletes from all around the world secure college scholarships in America. And on this show, we sit down with college athletes and coaches to hear about their experiences within the American college system. Welcome to today's uh, show, everyone. We are very excited about today's talk, because I've got a really good friend of mine joining us today. We've been in touch for quite a few years now, and hopefully we can get him a tennis recruit in the nearby future. Coach Trey Morris, how are you? I'm doing great, Amrit, and uh, yeah, appreciate you having me on and excited to talk a little bit about uh, my coaching journey and, and UAB and, and uh, college tennis. Absolutely. This is one of the talks that I hoped we did like a while back, but I'm so glad we've got you here now. And the reason why I hoped we had you um, a while back is because the knowledge that you have about the college system is just crazy. I mean, I read, you know, obviously about your bio and not only did you coach at the top end, but you also were a great player as well. And you, you started at junior college and then transitioned into a Division One college system. Tell us about your tennis experience going through the college system. Uh, you're referring as a player, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so... For me, um, obviously a little different than, than a lot of your, your clients, obviously uh, American and, and grew up uh, here in the States. I uh, grew up in a town called Athens, Georgia, which if anyone's familiar with, with that, you know it's uh, kind of tennis mecca. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a big deal there. They've hosted quite a few NCAA championships uh, at the University of Georgia. And, and uh, it's uh, where the ten- Tennis Hall of Fame is for the ITA as well. So from an early age, I knew I wanted to play college tennis. Um, I knew I wanted to coach college tennis from from uh, nine, ten years old, and uh, so for me, it was always about okay, how can I go about maximizing uh, my playing career, uh, but also setting myself up for for the the next step after my playing career is over for the coaching uh, ranks, and so. Yeah, you mentioned uh, I had maybe a little bit of an interesting path um, during my playing career. Uh, for me, uh, growing up, uh, we didn't have a lot of resources uh, in, in, our, in my family, and, and things were, budget was tight, money was tight at times, and, and, uh, but that wasn't really uh, a negative thing. I think it kind of molded me into, into being a tough player and, and, and a guy that really took advantage of his opportunities, but because of that, I didn't have a lot of exposure um, in juniors and, and was very limited as to where I could go play. So when it came the time to to try to find a school to take that next step and, and play college tennis, I, I knew I wanted to play Division I. Um, that was always the goal uh, for me, and I knew that I was at a level uh, that I was very capable of doing that and having a lot of success at the Division One level. But truthfully, uh, my rankings that I had due to – Kind of not really being able to leave uh, Georgia and, and really the the nearby states, uh, they weren't great. Um, I had some Division One offers um, in the South, but they weren't at schools that I really desired to to go to. Um, so for me, um, it kind of worked out to to go the junior college route, um, which for those who who might not be familiar with what that is, uh, it's a two year school um, where essentially you have a chance maybe. Uh, to to get the results you want on the court or to maybe get the grades up if those were lacking a little bit or whatever it might be. It's sort of an opportunity for guys to go in and, and ultimately prove themselves in whatever it might be to then hopefully uh, transfer to, to Division One, to whatever it might be after the junior college uh, uh, time is done. So for me, I was fortunate enough to have an opportunity to play uh, at the time for the number one school in the country uh, in JUCO at ASA College. 
um, up in Brooklyn, New York. So I uh, I went up there and and uh, played uh, for, for a semester actually only uh, there, which is interesting. Uh, it just wasn't a great fit for me being from a small town in, in Georgia to be then living in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Um, and it was tough uh, on my personal life. So then I transferred down to Abraham Baldwin Agricultural College in, in South Georgia, which was uh, number three in the country at the time. Stayed there for two semesters. Um, so spent a year and a half in JUCO and then was able to uh, then go on and transfer to to Appalachian State University um, and uh, have a great playing career there and and really thrived and, and really loved my time there playing for a coach, uh, Bob Lake, who who was great and, and uh, a, a lot of great teammates as well. And and so, yeah, was able to go in and, and uh, got some get some all-conference honors and, and lead the program to uh, some of the first winning, winning seasons in a very long time uh, in that program um, and really boost things forward. And, and I feel finished uh, at a very good standard for myself. Um, after college um, and really during college, I was kind of always coaching uh, at the same time because I knew that's what I wanted to do. But... I still wanted to play a little bit of professional tennis, so then I went uh, went on and and moved to Europe and and spent some time uh, based out of Germany playing some futures and and playing club and and uh, and then came back over here to the states and and kind of jumped uh, jumped back into coaching full time uh, at the academy level and then and then obviously uh, at college. That's amazing. I mean, what that just shows is that everyone's got a different pathway. You know, you've got some athletes that go to a four year school right away, some that don't, and in the last seven years of fast working with student athletes, the junior college system actually is is one system that a lot of athletes are actually favoring because they're saying, I can go to a junior college, play there for two years, get my associate's degree at a cost-effective strategy as well, and then transfer on to a four-year program, cross-crediting everything over and graduating from a great school. I mean, a good example is Rio Minakata, one of our boys from Japan. We went to Tyler Junior College with Dash Connell. Got to give him a shout out. He's an absolute legend. And um, after two years at junior college, he's now at Boise State, and he's in his senior year, and he's going to graduate with a degree. And it's not about where you start, it's about where you finish, and everyone's got different circumstances. So I appreciate you sharing that story. Fast forwarding after your playing career, you then started coaching, and you were the big sky coach of the year, which is crazy. That's just such an amazing school with so many great coaches in there. So to get that award is, is super, super incredible. How was your experience in the Big Sky Conference, and why did you decide to leave the Big Sky Conference to come to UAB? Yeah, so I'll start with the first part. Uh, my my experience in the Big Sky was great. Um, you know, I I spent a little bit of time coaching at the collegiate level um, at my alma mater at Appalachian State. I was an assistant for the men's and women's programs there, and and then uh, jumped out and was went to the junior level and, and was uh, co-owning a tennis academy in Atlanta, Georgia, working with the top U.S. national juniors and, and with a few guys uh, and girls uh, kind of making the transition, uh, you know, from the kind of top six, 700 in the world range and trying to make that push to top 250 uh, in the world on the, on the WTA and ATP tours. And, and, but there was always kind of something missing there. So I wanted to get back into college coaching. Um, and so I, it kind of lucked out for, for my wife and I that we were able to, to make the jump to, to Montana and get back in. Um, that's also kind of an interesting story. I, I actually took uh, the job as an assistant coach uh, at Montana State. And then uh, three days after accepting that role, found out uh, the head coach was leaving and, and that I was the interim head coach. And, and uh, yeah, was able to 
stay there for three years. Um, built built a great program. Uh, I felt um, we, you know, I say we, uh, my entire staff uh, at Montana State, uh, we worked tirelessly. Uh, we worked our tails off to to get that program to where it was last year. Um, you know, when I when I took that program on, they hadn't won a conference championship uh, since I believe it was 2005, um, and uh, we were able to do that. Uh, last year, uh, which was great, winning the regular season conference championship. Um, and uh, we were able to, to make a lot of history there uh, and do a lot of firsts. And, and uh, for me, that experience was great, um, being able to lead the program and, and be a head coach and do things the way that I had uh, kind of always uh, seen and, and planned on doing them from, from early age when, when I knew I wanted to be a college coach at age 9, 10. So it was great, great experience. Uh, I was, uh, to kind of fast forward back to the, the other part, I was, yeah, honored to, to receive uh, the Coach of the Year uh, award last year uh, for the Big Sky Conference. And and that was sort of, uh, I guess, in a way, Emirat, maybe maybe a popularity contest. I don't know. I think, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm not saying that, uh, of course, we did a great job. and we, we were able to make a lot of history last year. And like I said, won the, won the conference in the regular season and had a doubles team that, Went on and and uh, made it to the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament um, at Division One level, beating Virginia's number one doubles team first round of that tournament, which was great for us. Uh, but uh, truthfully, you're voted in by your peers, so I guess maybe I made a good impression on the other coaches around the league. I don't know, um, but uh, but no, I appreciate all of them for for the honor, and and it was it was great. And then, yeah. I think I had a little bit of an interesting story as well as to why I left uh, Montana State. Not a lot of people know this, actually. Um, I really loved my time there. I really enjoyed it. I thought we built a great program. And, and truthfully, I felt like um, this year was, was actually going to be our great year, honestly. I, I, I kind of felt like this was the one, not last year, actually, when we made a lot of history. I thought it was actually going to be this one. Um, and, but uh, my son uh, actually got sick. Um, and I uh, was dealing with some lung issues. And so my wife and I kind of came to the realization that we needed to be closer to family, uh, have a little bit more family support. And we needed uh, to be in a city where there's a children's hospital. Um, so we were able to, to make the jump here to, uh, to Birmingham. Uh, and uh, there's, you know, a top five nationally ranked children's hospital in the country. And then it just so, just so worked out that, that I was able to kind of land on my feet um, and be able to to be a part of this in, uh, phenomenal institution at, at UAB and and be a part of a program, honestly, um, that uh, that is growing like crazy. It's building. You know, we've uh, obviously been at a high standard uh, here at UAB for our athletics programs, and and I won't bore you with all the, the history and the details as to what uh, you know the tennis programs here have accomplished. But you know, we're taking the step uh, step up to the American Conference next year uh, here at UAB, and so. Yeah, I'm beyond excited to to be a part of it, and and so yeah, interesting story as to kind of what led me to leave Montana State, um, but ultimately what kind of landed me here at UAB was kind of the combination between everything working out in the personal life, and then also professionally being able to work alongside uh, Justin DeSanto, who's our head coach here, who's who's done a lot of great things, uh, and who I knew of, and and he's won quite a few awards as well for in the ITA for being coach of the year and in, in several different uh, divisions actually, uh, which is pretty impressive. Um, and, uh, and, and be a part of the growth of, of this institution and, and the athletic department in general. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm sorry to hear about, about your son and you know, we're, we're thinking of him and hope he gets better fast. And 
it's great that you've landed on your feet, mate. I'm a big believer that good things happen to good people and um, not surprised that you got this job, to be honest. And also you mentioned, you know, it could have been luck um, about your, your title that you got last year. I also, I don't agree with that. I think you are a product of your environment and you built a really good environment for the Montana, the Montana State community and it's just the success speaks for itself. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen at UAB because you got two amazing coaches now running their program with a lot of experience coming in. And that's the thing, right? There's people that are coach and they've gone and done a qualification and become a coach, but there's also people that have played. And there's things that some athletes can't learn from a coach who hasn't been through those experiences. And that's what I really like about UAB is that you've, you've grinded it out. You've been on the tour. You played overseas. You know the different play styles and what makes people tick. And that's why we're going to keep pestering you about signing our athletes going forward <laughs> that's that's going to happen you'll be getting phone calls from me and my boy Ali so that'll be that'll be good but uh, what's it like at UAB I mean there's there's a lot of people here that are listening from different sports as well and they'll be curious to know what is the facilities like at UAB well, truthfully, it's top notch. I mean, um, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, we're actually uh, one of the largest schools, or actually the largest school in the state of Alabama. And, and what I mean by that is, uh, of course, you've got Alabama and you've got Auburn, but we actually bring in the most revenue uh, to the state of any institution or any organization in the entire state. So we actually bring in $7.2 billion um, in economic impact to the state of Alabama, uh, UABR institution does. Wow, wow. so. With that comes a lot of resources and a lot of a lot of opportunities for our athletes, right? And for our university in general. And so, um, you know, whether it's on the academic side, kind of being ranked as one of the top universities in the country uh, from an academic standpoint, or athletically, you know, we've got uh, a brand new, for example, we've got a brand new football stadium that's two years old, um, and uh, it's got about I think uh, forty-seven thousand seats. Um, it's it's beautiful, beautiful stadium. We've got a basketball stadium that's uh, just through a few doors here outside of my office that's, that's got about 8,000 uh, seats in, in our basketball stadium. And we've got one of the uh, greatest top-notch weight rooms I, I've ever been a part, uh, been able to see. Uh, you know, I've been in a lot of different places and, and in my playing career, and I've been, uh, yeah, around the country. And, and as a coach, obviously, being able to travel and see different institutions and same thing as a player and, and you know, our – for example, our weight room that our athletes get to use every day is is second to none, and and we're very lucky here as well that uh, you know we've got a beautiful uh, tennis facility on campus. Um, you know that's one thing that that I really encourage you know a lot of athletes that to really think about, it, especially international guys as they come over. You know is not every not every school you go to has that on campus uh, facility that that you're able to just walk out of your dorm, you're able to walk out of your apartment or stumble out of class after a, after a tough test and and make it over to to the courts and 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 get after it. So yeah, we're very fortunate we have that right in the middle of campus and and uh, yeah. So from from that perspective, I think it doesn't get much better and and we're also located. Uh, UAB is located in the middle of, uh, you know, a, a metro city. So, uh, you know, Birmingham's got 1.2 million people and and we're sort of integrated with the city, if you will. Um, you know, our campus is right in the middle of downtown, um, but it's kind of a traditional college campus. So, you know, some schools that are located in, in the cities, um, they're just kind of in some skyscrapers. They're in these large buildings, but there's not really a true campus feeling that's not the case with us we've got a lot of green space we've got a well-defined campus um and you know you take 
five minute walk right off and you you're at the best shopping uh you know best restaurants in town so uh you know we're, we're very fortunate that we've kind of got all this at our fingertips like facilities resources financial backing to be able to give our athletes uh the best travel and and be able to compete at the the highest level no matter where that might take us uh in the country you know we're able to travel however we need to go uh to to do what we need to do and and it's uh yeah it's afforded us the opportunity to to really get things going in the right direction for our tennis program that's amazing and for our audience in new zealand and in australia uh, the, the city that UAB is located in is very similar size to Auckland in New Zealand, which is our largest city in the country. So that's pretty nice. It's got a good feel here. It feels busy. So I could just imagine what it's like having a big campus slapped in the middle of that city. So that's awesome, man. And let's talk about when you're recruiting athletes. Now, UAB has got amazing facilities, as you've just shared. Your inbox must be flooded with emails from students wanting to be part of your program. What do you look for in recruits? What's really important to you guys? Well, I think for us, it's uh, it's making sure that we, truthfully, um, we find guys that fit uh, our philosophies and, and, and fit our program here uh, to a T. I think, you know, a lot of players think that, okay, all we're worried about is guys that can hit forehands and backhands. Uh, you know, of course, that is, that is true. Of course, we want you to be at a certain standard and, and you've got to have some ability. Um, but to be honest, the separating factor is is what you're looking for in your in your experience. Um, you know, because truthfully, I, I tell tell student athletes this all the time. Um, it, what's important is that you find the best fit for you, um, no matter what that is. Okay, so in our case here, uh, truthfully, we want student athletes that want to come in and and maximize their potential on the court. Okay, we want guys who want to see how good they can be. Um, our program is based around individual player development, um, and we put a lot of work in uh, with every single athlete, whether it's on the court, in the weight room, with our nutritionist, with our sports psychologist, uh, you know, whatever aspect it is. I mean, these guys are, are, are doing, doing this stuff all the time, and we have very high standards here. Uh, but the truth is, is that's not for everybody. Um, not everybody wants that. Not everyone wants to to go on and, and try to play pro tennis after their uh, their college career is over, and, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you can you can have you can have aspirations to come to college and and get a great degree and and build lifelong relationships and compete for a conference championship and and do those things, and and that's great. Um, but you're not going to enjoy your time here, okay? Um, and I think that's what. That's what I tell all, all these all, all these guys, uh, you know, that we're we're talking to is I'm pretty straightforward. I'm pretty honest with them about what we're looking for and, and what we want, and and uh, you know I want them to be honest with themselves as well because, like you said, uh, Amrit, you know we do have a lot of resources, we do have great facilities, and so I think you know uh, sometimes you can see that shiny that shiny object that you're like, man, that that just sounds so great. I, I really want to be a part of that. Well. That's awesome, but be realistic with yourself as well. Are you really going to enjoy, you know, being pushed every day? Are you really going to enjoy someone who expects you to to bring it, uh, you know, every time you're in the weight room or you know every tennis ball you hit in, in training or whatever it might be? So I think that's important. And then, uh, you know, truthfully for for me, um, as you guys can probably all our listeners can probably tell, uh, I'm I'm a really high energy guy. Okay, um, I, I love what I do. Uh, I'm passionate about what I do. Um, I think there's no better place in the country uh, than UAB. Um, but at the same time, um, like I said before, I do have expectations. But but at the same time, I think it's important that, that guys know that I also expect that from my athletes. Okay, so 
So when we're looking for guys, you know, if, if someone comes in and, and uh, uh, you know, the best way I can explain this is if Roger Federer were to walk into my program, okay, Roger, as we all know, is one of the greatest tennis players of all time. But his personality type, right, he's very relaxed, he's very calm, he's very chill. You know, he might not mesh well with me, truthfully. Um, I'm, there might be something left to be desired uh, if I were working with Roger Federer. However, you know, Rafa Nadal, he and I are probably going to see eye to eye. We're going to be, uh, you know, we're going to work great together and, and we're going to be able to take those next steps forward. Um, and so I think that's important as well. And that, that players understand that whether it's looking at our program here or whether it's looking at other programs, you know, what does that coach expect? You know, what is he looking for? What's his personality type? Am I going to mesh well with that coach? Am I going to mesh well with that program, with the other players on the team, you know, with the core values? You know, what are those? Um, and, and, yeah. UAB is such an attractive program, as, as everyone can already tell. Do you ever worry that when you jump on a recruiting call with, a, with an athlete and you tell them this, that this is what we're looking for in a recruit, and the athlete is thinking, well, I want to be part of this program. I'm going to say anything to please the coach. And then they go and say, I'm a hard worker. I'm driven. I'm willing to work. Do you ever worry about the athlete coming in there and not being who they are? Or have you got other processes put in place to ensure that that athlete is what they say they are before they come to your program? Does that make sense? No, it does. Um, listen, I, I think it's completely normal um, that that uh, these athletes will, will get on the call and they're going to want to sell themselves, right? Because they're going to want to have as many options as, as they could possibly have so that they can pick what feels best for them, okay? Um, I think that's completely normal. I think that's expected. Um, once again, I just encourage encourage athletes, number one, to be honest with themselves. But number two, uh, the second part of your question is, do we have things in place to be able to kind of weed that out? We, we do. Um, you know, I, I can't say that every program does this. I think um, we ask really specific questions that uh, an athlete might feel like they're answering it correctly, but actually it's the wrong answer. Um, and we're actually looking for something else. So, and the reason I say that is, is, is truthfully, you need to answer the questions honestly. Because what you think the coach, in my case, I ask questions of what I think they want to tell me and then what I actually want to hear, right? And, and I, what I actually want to hear is different than what they think I want to hear, okay? And, and, uh, and so I can normally weed out some players that way and I'll tell guys, hey, to be honest, that was a right or wrong question and, and, uh, and you answered it right or, you know, you answered it wrong. You know, I'm sorry, I don't know if this is going to work, you know, and, um, and, and I do think we do that. I think the other thing I would encourage athletes to be aware of is, is we do our due diligence. Um, you know, not, not every coach does, um, truthfully, but uh, I think the best, best coaches and the best recruiters, they, they do their due diligence. They're, they're going to call uh, people that they know. Uh, you know, Amrit, uh, we got off the phone yesterday. I was calling you. I, I won't name names, but there are some players that, that I called Amrit about that, uh, that, that he, you know, for example, isn't necessarily working with. And I just say, hey, you know, I know you might be aware, you might not be aware of this guy or girl, and, and uh, you know, how's – How's, how's his personality? You know, who is he as a person? You know, what are your thoughts? And, and so we do our due diligence. We, we ask around. Um, you know, I check social media always. Um, I'll go look at players, uh, Instagrams and, and, and Facebooks and Twitters and, and all these types of things to get a feel of, of, of who they are. Um, and, uh, and, and, yeah, I think the last piece for us is, um, you know, we also truthfully, it's something I do, I, I look at, in our sport of tennis, I look at results. And, and one thing that's normally telltale for me as to how hard a player works is, and it's not always 100%, but if a player loses a third set 
uh, in my eyes, that's like, okay, that's a little weird. You know, what's going on here? You know, how could you have battled, uh, you know, for that long and then and then go down really, in my opinion, without much of a fight, right, at the end. So um, I think that's kind of a character, not not a, not a end-all, be-all, we don't want you, but that's kind of a, uh-oh, you know, are there any other red flags that I see when I talk to the kid at all? Because that's a little concerning that, that they could battle for two hard sets and then kind of go away. You know, what happened there? Um, does that kind of answer your question, Aaron? Hundred percent, and that, that's absolutely brilliant. That's why I said this is. I've been looking forward to this podcast, and I wanted to get on this call ages ago because this is absolute magic. I'm really glad that you you mentioned all those great things. That's why when we send you CVs, we put in losses. Like if an athlete's lost six four in the third, but they've grinded out a whole match, it shows their character, right? It shows that they're willing to dig deep. And look, tennis is is brutal. You could you could play for two and a half hours and still lose and that's a loss. But that's okay as long as you showed effort. But that's cool what you said that, you know, the, the, the way that they play that third set or if it's six love, you might start asking a few more questions. It might be a little bit concerning. So athletes do keep that in mind. Don't tank, especially the tennis players, don't tank. Um we always talk about social media with coaches and I always ask coaches, you know, what are the things that you don't want to see on social media? And I think people have heard enough about that what are the good things on social media that you like seeing well i mean i like seeing uh truthfully i like seeing when players post uh about their tennis um you know i like saying that that uh, they're excited about what they're doing whether it be their tra- videos of them training videos of ma- uh, pictures of matches you know whatever it might be uh, you know i think that tells me a lot about uh, their level of passion or care for the sport um but like i told you earlier uh you know i'm a pretty high energy guy and and i want that for my players as well i i I expect our guys to be passionate and uh and compete with a lot of energy and and a lot of positive energy so honestly i think that takes a a little bit of a a special type of personality as well um you know i think you want someone that's that's very outgoing um someone who's who's social who can get along with others because uh, you know especially at the collegiate level and in our sport of tennis uh, it is a team sport. You know, we go from being individuals our entire careers to now we have to mesh together and and be a part of a cohesive unit on a day to day basis in training. Uh, but then also when it comes down to match day, yeah, you're playing another guy one on one, but you're playing beside your brothers and uh, and and you've got a coach on the court as well. So you have to be able to communicate and you have to be able to to encourage one another, and that can go a long way uh, in a dual match when it's when it's a fifty fifty. And so. Um, the reason I kind of said all that is because one thing we actually look for, and I think uh, it's rather unique to, to maybe us, is I actually want to see posts uh, that, that a player is spending time with their friends. I actually want to see that they're, you know, they've got the pictures of them and all their buddies and, and enjoying enjoying themselves. You know, we don't want it to go over the top and, and, and have anything too rambunctious or too crazy, but, but at the same time, I think that's that's healthy. I think that's normal. I think that tells me that they're they're a well liked person um, and and they enjoy enjoy the social side of life as well. And and that's also really important for us. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think multiple things. Uh, nothing's really bad to see. You know, I I, I can't say there's not really anything I've come across where I'm like, man, I don't I don't know. Uh, that's that's a little strange. I, I think. Um, Everyone's everyone's unique. Everyone's different in their personality types, um, and I think uh, you know not everyone would thrive in our program. And so, you know, just because you post one way that we might not necessarily think is the perfect fit for us doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means it might not be the perfect fit for us. Instagram is a great promotional tool. Social media is a great promotional tool, and you can use it to your advantage. And as 
coach Trey Morris just mentioned, you know, keep posting videos of yourself competing. And this isn't just for tennis players, it's for all athletes. Post videos of yourself training with your family, your friends, having a good time on holiday. Um, and make sure it comes across in a, in a cool and professional way. Just make sure it's a professional way. I think athletes need to understand the digital footprint is an important thing to, to, to recognize and to appreciate. And you don't want to post anything bad. So don't post photos of alcohol in it and smoking and vaping. I know vaping's a thing now, 2022. Don't post that stuff. If you want to be an athlete, uh, post the right things and you are a walking billboard. I think Ed Sheeran was the one that came out and said, Instagram is one of the best promotional tools out there for free because you can literally just post things and so many people can share it. Um, I've mentioned this so many times, but I'm going to talk about it again. Lizzie Neal, a golfer at Northern Arizona, had a private, a personal Instagram account with her friends and her family and then another Instagram account just for her golf. And coaches were loving it. She was posting all of these cool golf courses around New Zealand that she was playing in. Even if she like didn't play well in that tournament, she'll write about it. Didn't play well, putted really bad, but looking to bounce back and looking to work. During lockdown, she posted like videos of her like putting up a net in the backyard and hitting golf balls against it. Just things like that. And coaches are like, I want to invest in that. That's something cool. She's she's taken initiative there. And um, I reckon if you should guys definitely use social media to your advantage. In terms of like academics at UAB, what are you guys looking at GPA SAT wise? Um, I think, I think for us, truthfully, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, we, we are one of the, uh, a really, really high standard for us academically in the U S I, for those who might not know, I mean, we're, we're like 130 in the, in the country for, for academics and overall universities. And I think that's at a very high level. Uh, Amrit knows that, um, that's at a good standard. Um, but, uh, with that being said, and you guys may be familiar with this, um, but we, we are able to, to get some student athletes in with, with, with kind of all across the board GPAs. Um, we can kind of help guys uh, out a little bit and same thing with the SAT. Um, however, between being able to help out and actually what we really want and what we look for, I think are two different things. I yeah. think uh, for us, I think it's really important that, uh, that that student athletes are getting over, you know, 3.3 to, to 4.0, I think is always a good range for us. I think we always feel good about that as coaches. We're like, okay, you know, that's, that's a bonus. That's a positive. We know that, uh, A, uh, you're gonna you're gonna open up yourself to, to having some academic scholarship. Okay, that's that's big time. Uh, that's one thing uh, I think a lot of a lot of prospective student athletes need to know is that uh, you know that is a thing. You know we can put athletic and academic together uh, to form uh, a sort of a bundle uh, for them to to make things easier financially. Um, but but B, we don't have to worry about you coming in and, and having issues with your eligibility, uh, you know, and 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 struggling uh, in the classroom. And that might ease a coach's mind, you know, when they're recruiting you a little bit of of okay, I've got uh, player A, you know, who has has uh, blank ranking uh, with a three point five, and then I've got player B who has almost the same ranking with a two point seven. Okay, you know, who am I going to go for? You know, I think uh, yeah. No, I think I think we got to remember that that every every grade, you know, every mark you get in, in school, it, it is it is relevant. Um, it's not the end all be all. Um, you know, we we are you know if it's if it is the perfect fit uh, from a tennis standpoint and a mentality standpoint, person, but maybe the grades weren't quite there. That's 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 fine. You know, we can we most of the time we can help help uh, student athletes out. I think 
about the lowest we can help though is probably a 2.4 2.5 uh you know any lower than that it, it becomes really tough or if almost impossible and um and so that's something to keep in mind as well uh and then yeah in terms of safety, i think over a thousand i think over a thousand for sure awesome no i really appreciate you telling us that because we really try to nail it on the head on our social media channels when we educate athletes about the GPA, making sure that they get in the highest possible grade because sometimes students, they they just scrape through. They think that if they get C's in school or just pass that 50% rate and just play a lot of tennis, they're going to get deals in the States. Well, first of all, you need a 2.3 out of 4 GPA throughout your entire college career to be Division One eligible. And secondly, as Coach um, Morris just said, if there are two athletes on with higher grades, which one are they going to go for? Which one is going to cause them the least, least amount of headaches academically at university? They, want to be, they don't want to be chasing you because you're, you're not doing well at university. They want you to be driven, and it shows a lot about your character as well, I guess, right? Competing at a high level and doing well academically shows that you actually really care. Wouldn't you agree? No, absolutely. And, and listen, I, I said it earlier, you know, we – we want student athletes who want to maximize their potential. Well, you know, obviously I'm a tennis coach, so of course that that for me uh, looks like it's it's on the court a lot of the time. You know, we want guys to see how they good they can be, uh, you know, in their results, and and hopefully go on and have a successful pro career and reach the top 500 in the world, top 300, make a little money, do that whole thing. But it also so goes for for every aspect in life. You know, we want these these guys to maximize their potential in the classroom. We want them to maximize their potential uh, in the community. You know, in the relationships they're building with their family, with their teammates. You know, and so that's just part of it. That's part of the standard that that we set here uh, in our program is that we do have a standard of excellence. Um, that we that we are great in in everything that we touch uh, in every aspect of life, and and that's. That's something that's important to us as a staff. So, so Amrit hit the hit the nail on the head there for sure. Honestly, Coach Morris, I'm really appreciative of you and your time today. Thank you so much for for being here. And for those that are listening to this that want to learn more about the UAB men's tennis program, go check out their website. Go online. Go on Google. You can see their roster. You can see their schedule. You can read up about the coaches. Um, follow them on Instagram, follow them on Facebook, go on YouTube, look at UAB Campus Tour. There's literally drone footage over the whole campus. It's absolutely brilliant. The last question I have, Coach Morris, when are you coming to New Zealand? <laughs> Hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, uh, listen, it's, it's, uh, we've, we've gotten to know each other really well, uh, Amrit, over the years. And, and uh, you know, from my first uh, first year at, at Montana State, I think all the way till now, we've stayed in, in great touch. And, and just like you opened it up with, uh, you know, I consider you one of my great friends in, uh, in this industry. And so, uh, listen, I've got to get over there sooner rather than later. Uh, you just got to tell me when I need to be there, uh, when, the, when the best player are competing and and we'll try to make it happen for sure absolutely i've been talking with ali we're trying to get a, a showcase going so we're going to get you over here but we need to get you here when a rugby match is on so we can take it to that as well right that's right no i would i would absolutely love to see that and and uh, i've got a lot of good great friends from my own playing career in australia as well so i just need to go get over to that part of the world in general i need to come see you guys spend spend a week or two in new zealand and then i need to go uh go around australia for a little bit as well absolutely i can't wait to that day but thank you so much for your time coach morris really appreciate it and um, yeah, we'll be in touch. I'll be knocking on your door, pestering about more players. So <laughs> thank you so much.
Yeah, we're excited to have those phone calls and, and those texts from you. And, and it's always a pleasure. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much. And if you're listening to this, make sure you check out our YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. There's a lot of content for you. Until next time, this is the Platform Podcast. Thanks for joining.